Um, as was mentioned earlier, my name is Brandon, um, and a little bit about myself. So for those of you who don't know me, and many of you do know me, um, which I'll explain kind of as, as I share my story a little bit. Um, I was born and raised here in Colorado Springs. So are there any other natives here in the room by show of hands? Man, just as few as the first service. All right, guys, we got to stay strong. They're coming. We're being invaded. Um, well, I was born and raised here in Colorado Springs. Um, to Jeff and Nancy Anderson, who I think may be here this morning. They were planning on it, but I haven't seen them, so I don't know. Uh, if you're here, cool, thanks. And my dad was the pastor at Grace Bible Church. So I grew up at Grace Bible Church almost my entire life. Um, in fact, in 2001, Grace Bible Church bought the old Vista Grande building. So some of you guys may remember the old building on Flint Ridge and Academy. Uh, I grew up in that building and have very, very fond memories of that building. Um, and I also then graduated from the Classical Academy here in town. And I know others of you are TCA students, and I know one of my choir teachers from high school uh, goes to the church here and many other connections that way. Well, a few years ago, I met my wife. Uh, and my wife, Caroline, who's here this morning, and I'm really thankful that Pastor Chris didn't know where she was, because neither did I. How embarrassing would it have been if I was up here and I was like, hey, where's my wife? You know. Um, <laughs> So my wife, Caroline, and I actually met right over here, right in these seats in this area. Um, so for any of you that are single in that area, you're welcome. And I actually came 20 minutes late to church one day, and I ride a motorcycle. And I know that there's a, a faith riders group that meets out of Vista. Um, I get those emails, and I know that that's something that a lot of people here enjoy is the motorcycle side of it. Um, so I came in with my big old leather jacket, my backpack, my motorcycle helmet, 20 minutes late. Um, was walking to my seat, and I knocked Caroline over with my backpack. What's worse is I didn't even know I had knocked her over. I was told later that that had happened, um, but you know what they say, you just got to knock them off their feet from day one, and uh, <laughs> she was gracious enough to continue to date me, and then we got married about four years ago. Um, other connection points with Vista, in 2014, I started a ministry called Dare Ministries, and a big part of that ministry was a college group that started at that point. And throughout the years, many, many students from Vista have come and been a part of that college ministry. And I know some of you guys are still actively involved, uh, and that's something that I still continue to do. Um, but we also do youth conferences, and several of our youth conferences were hosted here at this church. And in one of those youth conferences in 2018, I actually got a concussion up in the Skywalk area and lost my memory for four months. So I have fond memories of Vista, and uh, no, that's... <laughs> It was a compounded concussion, so it definitely was not a single concussion thing. Um, from TCA, the only time I've really spent outside of Colorado Springs is I went to Bob Jones University in Greenville, South Carolina, where I studied history with a political science minor. Uh, really, really loved my time there and learned a lot about who God is and who people are in relationship to Him. Uh, it is a Christian school out there in South Carolina. And then I returned home where throughout those years, God made it very, very clear that He was calling me into ministry with the different opportunities that I had to serve uh, and some that I'm still doing, as I mentioned, that college ministry, but I've served as a youth director out in a church in South Carolina. I've served as the youth director at Grace Bible Church, and then now I'm serving as the director of Next Gen and Outreach at a church called Cragmore Christian, which is on the east side of town. Um, and through a series of events in that, God made it very clear that He was calling me uh, really to step out in faith and apply for this role. And this past May, I applied. And that's something, by God's grace, I have a great relationship with Caroline's parents who are here this morning. 
And specifically, Caroline's mom had been trying to get me to apply for this role for a really long time. Um, And I'm thankful for God's timing in all of it. I do believe it's all from the Lord. Uh, And I'm really excited to be with you all here this morning as we look at the Word of God. And as we look at the Word of God together, oh, and you know something I forgot to mention in the first service, I'm also currently a student at Denver Seminary, where I have just a few classes left, and uh, you know, looking forward to continuing my education, whatever that looks like. Uh, someone, you know, a little bit about my life. I, I graduated high school with a 167 GPA. Yes, you heard me right, a 167 GPA. Thank you, thank you. Uh, it was definitely not for lack of intelligence. It was a lack of care, especially my first couple years. And uh, by God's grace, I ended up going to college where I really probably shouldn't have gotten into any college. And now I'm in grad school somehow, and I'm going to accidentally end up with my doctorate. So um, that's just where the Lord leads sometimes. But uh, we're going to be in the book of Habakkuk this morning. So if everyone would turn to Habakkuk, and we're going to read from Habakkuk chapter 1. And while y'all are turning there, I do have a question. Oh, and if you're curious, but I do say y'all. My mom grew up in South Carolina, and that is the only Southern thing about my family really at all, is I say y'all, who I now see my mom and my dad is over here. So I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree in the separation of where spouses sit. Um, (laughs) uh, So I do say y'all, that's, for those of you who are from the South, that's literally the only Southern thing about me, especially Caroline's mom is from Louisiana, and the more that I've gotten to know them, the more that I've started to learn that that is the only Southern thing Uh, that I picked up from my mom, but we're going to try to fix that. Good luck. (laughs) I am definitely a Colorado boy through and through, but uh, Habakkuk chapter one, starting in verse one, and before we read this passage together, I do have a question for all of you. How many of you have ever questioned God? You don't have to show me by show of hands. I appreciate the honesty of some. How many of you have ever questioned God? Because Scripture is not at all shy to the fact that we live in a broken world. It's not at all shy to the fact that we are a a people that are in rebellion against God. And because of that, there's a brokenness that takes place. And so when we get to Habakkuk chapter 1, we're going to be reading about this question that this prophet of the Lord, someone chosen by God, postulates before God. So let's stand in honor of the Lord and His holy word together, and we're going to be reading Habakkuk chapter 1, starting in verse 1. And I'll be reading out of the the New King James translation of the Bible. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry, and you will not hear? Even cry to you violence, and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Therefore, the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. And the Lord adds his blessing to the reading of his word. You may all be seated. So, I know what some of you may be thinking, like, Brandon, you're supposed to come and we're supposed to like you after this. (laughs) Well, this is, I think, a very, very relatable passage to what is going on in our lives even today. Let me give you a little bit of historical background to what this guy, this seemingly random dude from a long, long time ago was going through. We don't know exactly when the book of Habakkuk was written. 
but we do know that it was before 605 B.C. So that's about 600 years before Jesus Christ was even born. So this is a long time ago. This is even older than the South. And Habakkuk is writing a prophecy based on this question about the ultimate destruction of Jerusalem by the hand of the Babylonians. Well, Habakkuk is standing there in this, this time period, in that century before Habakkuk would have written this, we know that there was a massive war that took place between two nations called the Assyrians and the Egyptians. These would have been the two top dogs in the world. And this wasn't a cold war. This was a very active and hostile war that took decades. And much of this war was actually fought in the land of Israel. As that was in between the two nations, where many of those armies would have come through and pillaged, killed, stole, and destroyed. And Habakkuk maybe was in a context where he saw some of that active violence from these invading armies that were going to war against each other. We know Habakkuk lived in a time where throughout the Old Testament, many of the kings of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah were hostile towards God. They hated the law of God and did evil things. Even within that time frame, we know that the northern kingdom of Israel got into the practice of the god Malak, where they would worship this god. And one of the practices of the worship of the god Malak was they would commonly sacrifice their firstborn child to seek favor from this god. And Habakkuk probably saw that. And then he comes before the Lord with everything going on around him, and he asks, Oh Lord, how long shall I cry? And you will not hear. How many of us have felt this way before where we feel like God doesn't hear our prayers? Like, God, don't you know that there is a war going on in Eastern Europe right now? God, don't you know that China is trying to aggressively take Taiwan? God, don't you know that North Korea is shooting off all these missiles? How long shall I cry and you will not hear? Even cry to you violence and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? Man, this is someone who is broken. He's saddened by the world around him. He sees all these horrible, awful, terrible things. And again, I feel like we can relate. How many of us wonder, I'm a millennial, for those of you who are curious, almost a quarter of my generation was sacrificed to our God of convenience through abortion in just America. You talk about violence on an epic scale. We look at the world around us and we think, man, crime is up, violence is up. There's mass shootings in schools and in churches. In fact, just yesterday or whenever there was a shooting right across the street here even cry to you violence and you will not save and then Habakkuk gets to this epic point where he says in verse 4 therefore the law is powerless Habakkuk was a Jew and to the Jews the law was everything That'd be like if I stood before you today as Americans and I said, liberty is dead. He is at a breaking point. He is broken and sad and discouraged by the world around him. 
He believes that everything he stands for is powerless. He then says, and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. How many of you this morning maybe feel the same point of brokenness that Habakkuk felt? Where we question God. When we look at Habakkuk, there's a reality that Habakkuk is over here in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is still a city. It's a city in modern day Israel. Thank you guys for your patience. I got it fixed now. Jerusalem is a city in modern day Israel where Habakkuk would have seen all these terrible things. This is what was before his eyes. This is what he's questioning God about. And he goes, God, why? Now, some of us may have the perspective of like, oh, that guy's questioning God. Man, God might come back and smite him with lightning and be like, yo, Habakkuk, please. Thank you for laughing. First service didn't. I was really hurt by that. God is actually about to respond to Habakkuk. And we're going to read this response that God has for this prophet who is broken and saddened. And it might not be at all what any of us expect. So will you look at me at Habakkuk with me in Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 5. And this is God's response to Habakkuk's question. And He says, Look among the nations and watch and be utterly astounded. For I will do a work in your day which you would not believe though it were told you. And then He says, For indeed, I am raising up the Chaldeans. So again, a little bit of perspective. Here you have Habakkuk in Jerusalem. And he says, God, why? And God says, Habakkuk, I'm doing something amazing. And he goes all the way over here and he says, for indeed, I am raising up the Chaldeans, which are from Babylon. Babylon is in modern day Iraq. And God says, I'm raising up these people. And in fact, a line to line from Jerusalem to Babylon is about 1,500 miles. That's a really long ways. To give you a little bit of perspective, uh, I went to Bob Jones University in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm repeating it for those who weren't listening at the introduction. Bob Jones University is 1,500 miles from Colorado Springs. And what we would do while I was in college, four of the five of my siblings actually went to Bob Jones. And so many of us were in school at the same time together, and we would do this drive from Colorado Springs to South Carolina in one sitting. It usually took 22 to 48 hours in a modern car. It was a long, long ways. I'm really thankful. My older sister, Ashley, would get car sick, and so she preferred to drive. So she would drive a huge chunk of time and then rest for a few hours and drive another huge chunk of time, and I just got to lay back. But it was a long distance from... Colorado Springs to South Carolina, and it was a long distance from Jerusalem where Habakkuk is looking at the world around him, and from Babylon where God says he's doing something. This was doing a lot better in the first service. I think one of you guys rigged my mic. Look among the nations and watch and be utterly astounded. For I will do a work in your days which you would not believe though it were told you. Habakkuk had no idea what was about to happen. And what history would tell us is that God did something incredible. Because from Babylon, the Babylonians actually rose up out of nowhere. It was one of the fastest rising empires that we've ever known to exist in human history that became as dominant as it did. 
it rose up and it actually conquered the Assyrians. After it conquered the Assyrians, it turned its eyes on Jerusalem, which was a a wicked people at that point. And Habakkuk would have seen that. And in 605 BC, the Babylonian armies came 1,500 miles and conquered the city of Jerusalem. And it started a 70-year captivity where the Jews were taken out of their homeland, including people like Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. And they were taken all the way to Babylon. Where after 70 years, which Habakkuk would never have seen, God restored the southern kingdom of Judah. And they became a nation again. But there's more to the story. Because the other thing that happened in Babylon that Habakkuk could never have seen was that while Daniel and other Jewish leaders were in the nation of Babylon, the Babylonians, just as quickly as they rose to power, were also conquered. And they were conquered by the Persians. And when the Persians came in, Daniel was a high-ranking officer in the government. He was able to retain authority amongst the Persian rulers, and the entire nation turned to the worship of God. Habakkuk could have never seen that, that a whole nation would be saved by what God was doing. But wait, there's more. Hundreds of years after that would take place, God would arguably do the biggest thing He would ever do. And in a small town by Jerusalem, we have a city named Bethlehem. Amen. And in Bethlehem, there was a Savior born whose name was Jesus. Now Jesus was fully God and yet fully man. And He died for the sins of the world so that we could all be part of the family of God and grafted into salvation through faith in Jesus and did a work that we are not able to do. Do you want to know what's something crazy about the birth of Jesus? The Gospel of Luke tells us that there were wise men from the East. These wise men were alive 600 years after the Babylonian invasion. And yet, they still loved the Lord enough. They knew the Scriptures enough. They knew God enough to be able to go and take gifts for the Messiah. They knew the signs of what God was doing with a bright star that shone for the glory of Jesus Christ. They knew it well enough that they traveled 1,500 miles to an unknown land where they gave gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh in celebration of Jesus Christ. Habakkuk could have never have known that or have ever have seen that. That that was something that God was going to do through the work that Habakkuk was told about. Habakkuk then responds, and I encourage everyone to go and read the book of Habakkuk either today or sometime this week. It's only three chapters. Habakkuk and God go back and forth with some of this conversation. After God responds that he's raising up the Chaldeans, Habakkuk actually asks the question, God, why would you use an even more wicked nation to judge the Jews? And God responds to that. And after this back and forth, we actually get to hear Habakkuk's reply to all of it. We're in Habakkuk chapter 3, if you want to turn with me there. And we're going to start reading in verse 17. And this is jumping into the middle of a prayer that Habakkuk prays. And he says this, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, 
and there be no herd in the stalls. Though the stock market may not increase and 401ks continue to decline, though your friend that you've had all throughout the time you've been in school decides they don't want to be your friend anymore, though your parents may be getting a divorce, though your marriage may be falling apart, though Russia may continue what it's doing and though China may continue what it's doing and though America may continue what it's doing, though the response to COVID may continue to kill more people by the starvation that we caused than the disease itself, though all these things may happen, here's how Habakkuk responds. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and He will make me to walk on the high hills. My friends, Habakkuk asked a question. A question many of us have asked is, God, why? Now, we may not be able to get the whole picture of everything God is doing in the world around us, but in Habakkuk's perspective, everything that was happening was all that he could see. And sometimes all that we can see is not good. But then there's a reality that God from heaven has a perspective of things that we cannot see. God is able to see the entire picture. And I promise you that the God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever was just in is working in, in what he was doing in the day of Habakkuk as he is in the day of Vista Grande in 2022 in Colorado Springs. The only thing that changed from Habakkuk chapter 1 to Habakkuk chapter 3 was Habakkuk's perspective. Now, I understand that some of you guys may be going through the thick of it. I understand that there are challenges and difficulties. Some of you are getting older and and parts of your body aren't working. Some of you guys are failing classes that you really, really need to pass to graduate. Some of you guys are going through broken relationships. You've suffered death in the family. You've struggled with medical issues of your own. But sometimes, those challenges that we see, the heartache that we face, is the very reason that Habakkuk says that I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. I want to share a little bit about my life with you guys. I had mentioned my 167 GPA. It's really pretty bad. Part of the reason for that bad GPA is the January of my freshman year of high school, I broke my leg. Uh, It was the Wednesday after the semester started, and I was in youth group at Grace Bible Church, and we were playing a game called Fruit Basket Upset, and basically it's glorified musical chairs, where you sit chairs in a circle, and then you're assigned a fruit, and I was in orange that night, not that I remember directly, Um, and when your fruit is called, you stand up and switch seats. Well, if fruit basket upset is called, everybody gets up and switches seats. And then the last person to get a seat calls the next fruit. Well, I was running to my seat and I accidentally tripped. And when I tripped, a friend of mine who was in youth group accidentally stepped on the back of my leg. And it was a perfect storm situation where actually when I looked down, my leg was at a 90 degree angle. I broke both the bones right above my ankle, including a spiral fracture There was also a clean fracture through the other bone that actually shattered my then dislocated growth plate. It was pretty bad. I actually still have issues with it to this day. And part of that is, you know, physical therapy was not as much of a thing back then. 
Um, it wasn't even that long ago. It's amazing how things change just in 10 years or 15 years or whatever. Um, but I, I seriously broke my leg. It was, it was pretty bad. And I felt like I had some teachers that really didn't care about life circumstances. And so I felt like I went for help, and then it seemed like they didn't care. So I got to the perspective of, well, why should I care about my education? So my freshman and sophomore year in particular, I definitely interacted with my school like I did not care. It's a miracle I didn't fail out. Well, then something else happened. And at this point already, there was starting to be bitterness that grew in my own heart. The question of God, why? Because a little bit of my testimony, I was never one that doubted the existence of God, ever. That was never my battle, was whether or not God existed. It was whether or not this God who revealed himself actually loved. And how could this God who loves allow these things? The summer going into my junior year, I had some other weird health stuff that happened. All of a sudden, um, that summer, I started to be exhausted all the time, where I was sleeping 16 to 18 hours a day and still didn't feel any rest. It was almost like mono, but it never ended. I started to get this weird pain in my stomach where I'd get a sharp pain in my side, and then I would start to salivate. And I wouldn't be able to speak because of all the buildup of the saliva that was there. And then I would throw up. And it was an uncontrollable throw up where for three years I threw up without any explanation. I had other medical challenges that all popped up already in a time where, man, that's a tough time to go through some weird changes. And I started to get angry and bitter towards God of God, why? What I could never have seen or understood was that God had to bring those things into my life because of my stubbornness. I had this viewpoint and this thought that I could save myself, that I was strong enough on my own, that I could figure everything out, pick myself up by my bootstraps and carry myself to victory. And God had to bring something into my life where he said, no, you need me. And he broke me down to nothing. And in in September of 2011, I accepted Jesus Christ as my savior. It was because of these challenges that I faced that God changed my heart and made me see that I need him. And I would go through a hundred years of those medical challenges, if not worse, if it meant I got to keep my friendship with my Savior, who has adopted me as His child. I couldn't have seen those things at the time. In fact, I wouldn't be in front of you here today if it weren't for those things. And sometimes we don't understand. We don't. But God is doing a work in our day that we would not believe though we trusted that God was moving. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vine, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the field yields no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, though everything that you hold dear may be falling apart, Though the political party that you prefer maybe didn't win one house or the other. Though the student debt forgiveness, which everyone was banking on, got turned down by the courts. Though abortion may continue to be seeing an uptick and rise in the aggression towards human life. Though your knees may continue to feel pain. My friends, we can rejoice in the Lord. 
We can joy in the God of our salvation. The Lord God is our strength. In 2017, this was a few years ago, and actually, ironically, right before I met Caroline. In February of 2017, I finally got some of a medical answer because throughout those years, my parents helped me and we tried to go seek medical attention. I even got a colonoscopy when I was a junior in high school looking for colon cancer. And they couldn't find anything that correlated all these things. And those continued. And in 2017, I got diagnosed with a disease called idiopathic hypersomnia. If it makes you feel better, I had to look it up on my phone three months after I got diagnosed to remember it. So I don't expect anyone to remember it. It's kind of like narcolepsy. But literally, it's a disease where my body, for whatever reason, has no strength. So when I point to the promises of God where he says our strength is made perfect, his, excuse me, his strength is made perfect in our weakness, I can say that with the authority of everything the American medical community wants to define me as. It's labeled chronic debilitating disease. None of y'all would have known that because I serve a God whose strength is made perfect in our weakness. In fact, the morning that I met Caroline was actually right after I had gotten diagnosed. Again, it was in February of 2017. In April, it was April 23rd of 2017. I woke up one morning, right after I got diagnosed, I'm battling with the temptations from the enemy that wanted to define me as the world did, as disabled and unable, and you just got to sit and wait, not do anything. And I woke up feeling horrible Sunday morning, April 23rd. I was exhausted. And I texted my mom because, you know, we all came together and would sit together. And I said, hey, don't save me a seat. I'm not going to come. I put my phone down. And I remember knowing that if I made it an excuse, it would start to define me. So I jumped out of bed, uh, came to church. That's why I was 20 minutes late to church and met the love of my wife who God has blessed me with in tremendous and unbelievable ways. God is doing a work in your day that you would not believe though you continue to trust in Him. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. My friends, Habakkuk couldn't see what all God was going to do through Jesus Christ coming and the salvation that came through faith in Jesus Christ. Habakkuk couldn't have seen what God would do by the power of His Holy Spirit in a day and age when we feel like the world is falling apart. Christianity, the belief that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, is the number one growing viewpoint on the planet. Did you guys know that there are more African missionaries, South African missionaries in the United States than American missionaries in Africa? That's amazing. God is doing an incredible work. It's estimated by some NGOs, non-government organizations, that 25% of China, believe in the name of Jesus. God is doing a work in our day, and we can trust in the Lord. He is going to continue to work because He is the God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we know that there are promises from the Lord that He will one day restore all things. He's allowing the brokenness to continue. That is true but He's doing it so that sinners will come to repentance. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And man, I am beyond grateful that God chose not to return in October of 2011. That He waited, oh, it's backwards, August of 2011. Because I got saved in September. And prior to that, I was still an enemy of God. But because God is gracious, He is allowing a time for sinners to repent. 
That is the work that God is doing in our day. And if I have to endure some sort of medical challenge so that more people come to know Jesus, so that we will together be restored, again, I'd rather be exhausted for a hundred more years than to feel rest today. We can have trust in the Lord. We're going to close in prayer. But before we do, there will be ministers that do meet in the back with anyone who needs to pray with someone. Anyone who needs to talk to someone. Because we do live in a broken world. But God has also not called us to fight in this broken world alone. We get to do it together with the fellowship of people who love God and love you. And as we close in prayer and as we sing our last song, I encourage anyone who is in need of prayer to go and meet with some of the people who are in the back. And let's close our, our time together in prayer.